Yeah, anyone can break up with me in a Panera. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah, and I'll be joined by my sister, Rachel. And in today's episode, we are joined by another guest, our brother, John. So we've mentioned this before. We want to have each of our siblings on as guests at some point. We're really excited to welcome our younger brother, John, on today. We talk about all sorts of things. We mainly focus the conversation on John rather than Rachel and myself recapping our weeks. Um, But we talk about everything from different childhood dynamics to travel to places we lived and just all sorts of things in between. I think the three of us had a really lovely time having this conversation and we're really excited for you all to eavesdrop on it as well. Take a look at our Instagram as always for some pictures to accompany today's episode. We are at Booted Sisters if you don't already follow. Enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. We didn't nail it. John, this is a spoiler for you. Um, and I'm going to keep this in. Also, John's here. <laughs> I'm not nailing this either. Um, Rachel, I like, as I, 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 we recorded last week's episode, like last, last recording, we recorded it. And then I immediately, after we finished, went to editing the episode that released this week. And I realized we totally did not nail it with the intro. So anyway, it's fine. Yeah. You'll see what uh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> John, that's actually not even a spoiler. It's just a mystery. But anyway, welcome to John, our brother, our next sibling guest. Um, we'll probably say something a little bit in the intro. So everyone knows you're here. <laughs> so- Hello, I'm here. Yeah, John is our brother that's, if you guys remember from the like sibling roundup we did a few weeks ago, John is the next brother below me. So he's just a couple years, less than a couple years younger than me. John and I realized, I don't know how it took us so long to put this into words, but (laughs) John's birthday is in December and mine's in March. And we realized when we were celebrating his birthday that we start the year, actually, this is a good illustration. So like I'm 26 right now because mm-hmm. it's early in the year and when the year ends you'll be 26 <laughs> right uh, so it feels which... like we're the same age almost which is crazy and like since because <laughs> you realized that and then told me because I hadn't realized it either for the next like week I thought that's what being an Irish twin was well that's it's so trippy <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. really confusing because it like, sounds like interesting it. It sounds and fun but it's also like not a thing So it's like, I just (laughs) called it being an Irish twin. (laughs) So an Irish twin is less than a year apart, which means we would be the same age at the same time at some point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's not what it is. (laughs) It's still neat. And like, I had never noticed it before, but yeah, um, it's not a thing. And I've been telling people it was the thing. So (laughs) we'll just need to come up with a term for it. Yeah, I'm sure there is a term for it, but it was just weird to put it into those words because I always think of us as being two years apart and we're like close to two years apart, but not that. (laughs) I don't know. It's just very weird to have thought of it in those words. Every time I say it out loud, like Rachel, your face reacting to that, like, that's how I feel when I say it out loud. I still feel like it's wrong. Like I've said it like 20 times since I discovered this and I feel, I still feel like somebody's about to be like, no, actually that's John won't be 26 this year. Yeah. You're just wrong. 
the mental energy I could expend on this was just like, okay, the average is two years between each sibling. Right. Like I couldn't like, you know, to go through and like month by month is just too much. So it's just like, yeah, it's about two years between everybody. Yeah. John, this sort of segues into, we had Sam as our first sibling guest. We've had another guest with um, Rachel's travel buddy, Aaron. But um, as we, I think we've been pretty open about that. We want to have all our siblings on as guests at some point. So anyway, congratulations on being number two. <laughs> but we want to build a little bit of structure into, I think, like maybe questions that re- we revisit for each sibling and stuff like that. So Sam was yeah. our lovely little guinea pig because we knew that she could handle a lack of structure because she can just ramble about gossip. But yep. um, um, I think we're going to try to build a little bit more. Our main plan for this is that we just like focus a little bit more on like letting you talk and stuff. So okay. anyway, one question we asked Sam when she mm-hmm. was first on was, do you consider yourself to be a booted sister? So uh, <laughs> I'm going to put that question on you. Do you consider yourself to be a booted sister or booted at all? You don't have to consider yourself to be a sister to be booted. <laughs> well, there's a few different ways to answer the question. <laughs> I have in my past considered myself, I think what we had defined as a booted sister, mostly because like in terms of family dynamic, anyways, being like the middle child, definitely Jan Brady of the booted sisters. (laughs) Exactly. But more and more like getting older and older, I feel less and less booted because it is more like there's not really anywhere that I don't belong or anywhere that I should feel like I Mm -hmm. don't really mix in here because no one knows what they're doing here. So mm-hmm. answer it in a philosophical way, I guess. <laughs> I used to feel like I would get booted, but as I get older, I don't as much anymore. And like, I can't really, I'm saying that because I can't think of a time I've literally been booted from anything. So <laughs> uh, yeah. board games. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Formally yeah. Booted for okay. board games. <laughs> I should have known you would have an answer for it. Yeah. Uh, I go on this rant of philosophical booting and then it's like, yeah, you got kicked off of board games for most of your childhood. <laughs> I do I do think that we we booted John a good bit when we were younger. And I think it's also things like that. We we will always bring up board games as an example because John earned that booting. You yeah, I did. She did every board game and tried to ruin it. Like you would try to quit in the middle of every game and then when we wouldn't let you quit, you would just try to ruin the game for everyone. So like I think any examples we could think of us of us like having bullied you or having booted you in a lot. I think a lot of the time if we were to tell it from our perspective, it was always things that we felt like you earned. Oh yeah. And like with, you know, age and time I have realized that is exactly true. That was like, (laughs) (laughs) all of that is just like like the hindsight of it, especially given the context of how close we all are now as adults. Like the the hindsight of that is like, that's just kind of sibling stuff. Like that just like, you know, like- I wonder too though- like obviously I'm I'm victim blaming when I say that we bullied you and you earned it. That's terrible. But um okay, like the but thing you... is like we can say that because it, like the the knowledge of that nothing actual harmful ever really occurred. It was just the natural progression of A being a middle child and B being in a large family. Yeah, but I think that's sort of gets to my next question, I guess, because I think that the dynamic of whether we can say you you did stuff to earn it or not, I, obviously there's reasons for that, like resulting from maybe your your dynamic that you felt like we already had and stuff. But you you were saying Picking you're a, yeah, like you were you mentioned being a middle child, and since there's eight of us, there's two middle children, and it's you <laughs> and me, um, and it's really interesting because like I think we both obviously 
have to identify as the middle children because that's just how it works. But I always think of myself as the youngest of the oldest since there's, yeah, I'm like in the first half, but I'm the youngest of that. Have you thought, like, do you think you consider yourself to be the oldest of the youngest? Definitely. It's like the ragtag team of misfits <laughs> yeah. and ne'er-do-wells oh, yeah. <laughs> of, of which I consider myself the captain. John, if you're the oldest of the youngest, though, like, do you what do you think you thought of when you were really young before there were that many youngest, you know, like, how do you how do you like, I mean, I'm talking about when you were so little, so I don't know, like, at what point you could kind of have memories around that. But you know what I mean? Like, because if I felt like, I don't know when I started feeling like I was the youngest of the oldest either, because obviously, like, when you were born, there were five of us and I was fourth. So how am I supposed to act like, oh, I'm in this group (laughs) and you're not? But I don't know. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, it was really interesting because I, I, yeah, I couldn't give you an exact time where I was like, yeah, we have this segmented. I mean, definitely by the time I was like, you know, 14, 13, 14. And it was funny because as far as like actually feeling rigidly within that structure only lasted really a few years, probably like five years between like, you know, turning 18 and learning a little bit about the world. But as far as like being younger before other humans existed, it definitely was more of like finding something within like every one of the older kids that I wanted to like be or emulate or copy, you know, like really trying to get really competitive with Joe and Josh about things. And then, you know, like with Rachel, like playing baseball and even like Rachel pretty much shepherding me through loving Star Wars and then me passing that down to Jack, that kind of stuff. Like it was about trying to find something. Obviously, I wasn't doing this very like in the forefront of my consciousness, but like it was definitely like, oh, I want to be these people. So let me try to emulate. Let me try to, you know, I even remember like the entire reason I started playing guitar hero was because i wanted to try to beat joe and josh <laughs> now i'm very good at guitar hero <laughs> the reason i never play video games is because i couldn't beat joe and josh <laughs> right <laughs> we take different paths in life <laughs> yeah there are a few examples of the things that like like when when we were really really little especially like rachel and i would like wear the matching outfits yeah. and stuff like that the sometimes like there was definitely all, all right all right <laughs> there's definitely like things where like especially from like the youngest of young age I was like trying to be Rachel but then at a certain point I was just like nah that's boring like there were just certain things where <laughs> yeah. I was like no like I would see Thanks. you trying to copy her and decide that you had to do the same things as her and like <laughs> do it well and whatever and I would just be like like there are obviously still things that I that I did similarly to Rachel but when I didn't feel like doing things I was just like oh my god why would I need to just copy yeah, right me? there's no need right. <laughs> let's move on but, so yes copy or emulate is like one way to look at it but the other way is like that's literally what you have access to you know what I right. mean like what are yeah. the hobbies that are easy for you to pick up what your siblings are doing right right um, yeah. So just like having that ingenuity to find a new thing that actually interests you more, you know, like, um, I feel like that's part of the difficulty too. It's just like, if it's not what you see around you, how do you come up with what, what is going to be interesting to you? Yeah. 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 Especially from like really young ages, John, another part of where booted sisters comes from is that most people live in or very close to Virginia 
with like Josh and Jonathan being a little bit farther away in Pennsylvania, but still like within like, you know, a several hundred mile stretch along the East coast, most people are out there. And so Rachel and I consider ourselves to be the booted yeah. sisters, even though we have self-booted <laughs> admittedly, yep. but we're the booted <laughs> sisters because we're the two in the family who live farthest away. And so part of, I think somewhere where maybe you've been a booted sister before is like when you've <laughs> lived farther away. So did, mm-hmm. did you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. So I kind of had the urge, like in high school, I had kind of really discovered that I liked acting and really wanting to do something um, in that world. Obviously in high school, that's that was way more theater. It's, you know, changed throughout the years, but definitely in high school, I was like, oh, I want to go to theater school. And of course, what actor doesn't want to end up in New York? So kind of 17, I was like, all right, I just... And again, self-booting. I was like, I want to get far away. I want to go be this incredible. Because of course, like president of the drama club in high school, you're convinced that you're the one that's going to go make it big because there's only ever been one president of a drama club out there (laughs) and he's destined for success. But anyways, there is this sort of allure that New York just had over me and so many other people like me. So that kind of started then. I gotten into an acting school in New York, you know, coming out of high school, but it was way too expensive. So I went to a state school in Virginia and did their theater program, blah, 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 blah. So there's kind of already just that theme of like wanting to kind of get out. And then definitely at that age, I just felt like this didn't work out and I like missed out on something. So I went into my like state school, more typical college experience, very kind of bitter about that and definitely still feeling like I need to get to New York. I need to get to New York, even Mm -hmm. as I was in the program, feeling like, oh, people here are just going to go out to like, you know, like Montana, go to some random theater troupe. I had this sort of like, I'm not going to be that, though. I'm the one that's going to go to New York. Anyways, of course, I end up leaving college early. (laughs) I didn't graduate and uh came back, started working in food service again, and um, saved up enough money to actually decide that I was going to go to New York on my own and try to do this whole acting Hail Mary thing. The neat thing about that time that I'd spent after having left school before moving to New York was I had gotten to kind of fall in love with working in restaurants again. So it Mm -hmm. it worked out really neat that I could go to New York, a great food scene, and potentially a great acting scene as well, and feel like I was doing both of those things. I did end up actually getting a job in food service. I was corporate food service. It was like catering law offices and that kind of stuff. And it was really fun. I lived it up in New York. I had moved there with my girlfriend at the time and then we split up and had COVID not happened, we probably would have had to find a way to finish out that lease. There's just so many great like learning opportunities. Years removed from it and also in a really great place in life where I can definitely see that butterfly effect of it and appreciative of it. And I learned a lot from it. But yeah, I lived there for about six months before COVID happened. And, and, you know, corporate catering is the first thing that went out the window and still hasn't even really come back. Yeah, true. (laughs) I, it's crazy to think A, that it was already that many years ago and B, that it was only six months. Like neither of those things seem No, exactly. Because like so many things happened uh, while I was there that like, I I still do that. I'm like, oh my God. And And then so few things happen in like the next two years. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, I think you made it clear, but the timing was right before COVID basically, which was like, it sounds like your time living in New York was like, you got to scratch an itch and you got to experience that for a bit. And you absolutely did get to experience it the several months before. It's not like you moved there in March of 2020 or something, but do you ever feel like the timing, like obviously it closed out on a really sour and like frantic note, but 
Yeah. Are you like in a way, you know, thankful for the time being cut for a specific reason or do you wish it had gone longer? Like, how do you feel about that? Or do you feel like you ever want to go back? That answer has changed like 3000 times over the last like three years, but I'm actually in a place now where it's like, I've been able to try to identify why it was that I wanted to go back so bad and sort of work on it in more productive areas than pigeonholing it into, I have to be in New York in order to be happy. You know, like I learned that I just really like being where things are happening. We all need our solitude, but like, I'm the kind of person that needs and wants to be stimulated by different things and unexpected things. And so instead of being like, oh, I have to be living in Brooklyn in order to get that, identifying that, oh, that's kind of the root of it. So in some ways I am very content with not being in New York. In some ways I've really kind of gained a little bit of perspective but then there really is you know there is something true to the way that everyone kind of gets bonded by living there and uh that definitely still has an effect on me you know especially like the friends that i made up there still being connected with them and it's, it's a mixed bag but i could be very content if in 50 years i never had lived there again really i think it started off definitely having an effect that it had ended so abruptly and feeling like I did get gypped, but everyone had their, you know, the things that they lost from COVID and getting to hear more people's stories about that really helped me to understand like, Hey, I'm not the only one that lost something. And it felt like less and less of a loss as time went on. And I've got to do a lot more traveling and got to have a lot more experiences. Do you think you would have stayed forever if not for COVID? No, I think the, where I am right now was a trajectory that one way or another, kind of had to be seen to this point. And at this point, I am definitely not like of that mindset because so I spent the last year and a half traveling a lot and there have been incredible experiences. And I, the biggest thing that it has given me is an appreciation for how different yet similar everybody is. But the other thing that it's given me is realizing and it, it kind of piggybacks off of that, but it's like realizing that like the special things that happen in life aren't tied to where you are physically. I mean, if I should be so privileged to say, one of the great things about COVID was realizing that there's a lot of physical circumstances we thought we wanted and needed that we don't really anymore. So between COVID and then actually getting to travel and see the actual world a little bit more, or at least from a different perspective, um, realizing that, that you can make important and great memories wherever you are. I feel like you're calling us out because the booted sisters are, it's like our personalities is where we live. <laughs> <laughs> That's your whole thing. That's your stick. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it makes sense. It's not just about where you are, you know, it's both the means and the opportunity, right? Like being at the right place, right time with the right tools. So just because you are somewhere, it doesn't mean like mentally you're going to receive it in the same way that you were if you were in that place later um, with, yeah. you know, different experiences, different mental state. I don't know, like, um, yeah, maturity is probably more what I'm looking for, but uh, yeah, that's definitely very true. And, um, it just got me thinking about how young it felt in some places, you know, like thinking about the last time I was living in the States and like, yeah, I wasn't even 25 yet. Like that's it's <laughs> so weird to think about. Um, and it, it feels like a long time ago, but it also feels like yesterday. And it's like, you feel so adult in that moment. And then you get a few years down the road and you're like, oh, wait, no. Yep. You know, like, it's just, it's really funny how it all kind of plays out. And I think that's a lot of what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, personally, it's just been really cool to see that you didn't just take it for nothing. You know what I mean? Like you you truly did learn a lot about yourself from that experience um, and about your interests and the things that are fulfilling to you. And I do, I do see what you're saying. Like it really did put you on a trajectory 
that kind of focus some some passions. And I, I think yeah. that's been really cool to see. But yeah, yeah. You, you don't get to see in the future, but it, it is cool to connect the dots when you look back in time. Yeah. I, when I say I'm grateful, I really am grateful. I mean, it was at the time really emotionally straining, just the chain of events that had happened, moving there with someone that, you know, you're geared up to like in my head, you know, when I was 21. So well, like, like you're saying about going back and thinking you're mature and then realizing, oh. I'm, I'm- I just like... <laughs> Throw up in my mouth, <laughs> realizing you're 21. Like I know, I, just, I can't even believe that. Like obviously, it makes sense, but that's so crazy to think. Right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Like getting there and being geared up to be with this person that you know at the time I was like, yeah, I can spend my life, rest of my life with her. Like this is the start of the rest of our lives. Nothing else is ever gonna change or go wrong. Right. 21. <laughs> exactly. I've seen Beginning it all. Of the end. <laughs> <laughs> And then things really did happen, you know, quite fast between just getting there and all the things that happened up to and including COVID, it all happened so fast. And um, one thing I've learned to be proud of myself for was all of the chain of events that happened. And I was still able to individually pick out something that I was grateful for about each one of those things, you know, could have easily just kind of all combined into a big swell of trauma, but, you know, I'm able to genuinely look back and say, I'm grateful for the perspective that it gave me. And it taught me how to forgive in like the real way, not the texting back. It's all good way, real emotional forgiveness, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, a lot of great lessons. I don't know. It's been cool to get into that because I know we've talked about this bits and pieces over the years, but it's cool to hear you kind of reflecting on that experience. And I know that a lot of people know you as like, oh, your brother, John, like lives in New York, lived in New York. What's the deal yeah. with that? So I think yeah. it's kind of nice to be able to just kind of like put a bow on it in a way almost. Um, yeah. Okay. Another question I had that's sort of off this topic is we had Sam on the show before we actually did that roundup of like saying something about each sibling. So we didn't get to ask yeah. her this, but um, <laughs> now that we've done that and you listen, John's a listener of the podcast for everyone. <laughs> John is listening. Long time listener, first time Long time listener, first time um, So since you listen A, to the podcast in general, but B, to that episode, how did you feel about the way we described you? <laughs> Future Sarah here. I'm going to go ahead and insert a part of the clip from the episode we keep talking about where we described John for the podcast. So if you want to hear the whole thing or go back and listen to what we say about all of our siblings, that is episode six. But here's just like a brief part of that clip for you. Yeah, he ha- he's had a lot of eras. He is just very whimsical and always doing something different. I've True. heard one of his next exciting endeavors could be bartending which I'm very excited for he that seems like a natural step (laughs) yeah yeah he's worked a lot in the restaurant industry and he he's really excited about the idea of that and he did some really good cocktails over um Christmas which yeah that was really fun so that's John I was, I was, I was very grateful for that description, especially because like, it's what I would have said about myself. The fact that, you know, like no one really knows what John's going to do next. John doesn't know what John, like the least of all me. Like <laughs> it, It's so funny. Like the amount of sit downs and like serious conversations I've had with our parents and like other people, but like, yeah, I'm going to do this in life. And then to some degree, I usually do that thing, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been such a collection of <laughs> just fascinations about the world that have led me to where I am now. What's been really interesting has been like trying to find the through line. And it was actually the last time I'd had a phone conversation with Rage and Rage kind of pointed out one of the through lines between these various things that I've done in life. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, 
when we said that, like when we went down the line, first of all, we didn't prepare. We like on the spot decided to yeah. do that. And so I think a, like we could have prepared better to make sure we had like the right things to say about each sibling, but also that was exactly how it would sound if like on the spot with a friend, I was like yeah. to explain my siblings. That's how I would have done it. But I never want to sound like, and I wouldn't want you to think, you know, from back to the being a booted sister, <laughs> like as, <laughs> as like kids and stuff, I wouldn't want you to think that we like the way we talk about you is like, Oh, John, don't even ask. We don't know what his deal is. Like, yeah, Paul's no. eyes. like, you know, <laughs> it's always something with him. Like, I, I think that like, it's important that it comes through as like, I think it's admirable that you've done lots of things that you like, it's pretty fearless to just jump around and do different things that I couldn't be much more different than that in a lot of ways, as far <laughs> as like certainly making like career decisions and stuff. And so I think it's like really cool. And so I definitely, main reason I wanted to ask that question <laughs> is to a, make sure you weren't offended by the phrasing, but B like, is there any other way that you would describe yourself? Like, would you, have, yeah. if you were to edit, how would you have said it yourself? that's kind of like, I've kind of come to a place where I'm learning to celebrate it more. And it has kind of turned into this, this thing that I love about myself. So I think it was kind of the thing I was most excited to speak to because it has in the past been this thing that I, that I get down on myself about. And even in, you know, in my, you know, in some of the tougher moments still today, I'll be like, oh man, you can sometimes be a shadow, but in general, it's something that I've become, I've come to really kind of make into my own identity and, and embrace. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, that's just the part that I was excited that you guys had said, because life is it's a lot of things to do. And I don't feel like I have enough time to mess around with the formalities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to completely redirect the conversation entirely. As someone who has done a lot of city living, yeah. what is like a standout people watching moment that you've had uh, in either oh. city, just like yeah, something this is an eavesdropping witnessed. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Thanks, thanks, Sam, for that. Um, <laughs> I think it's honestly, it, it's New York. It has to be a New York memory. D, um, DC is great. The DC area is great, but it's very much more of like a commuter kind of city. And as an example, it's like these moments that you have on the subway, as opposed to the moments that you have on the metro. Part of it is that like something weird is always going on on the on the on the subway and I won't even get into the grossest thing I've, I've seen on the subway, but it's more so like the moment of togetherness that everyone has on the subway when something stupid and crazy is going on. And that moment where you look over to another person <laughs> that's sitting across from and you're like, is this actually happening? And the person looks back at you like, yeah, I think it's actually happening. And then you share that with that person now, like that's your you have that thing that's never going away with that random stranger. So it's it's not so much people watching as it is just like what starts as people watching ends up being this like <laughs> really just stupid and unpredictable experience. Yeah, as far as like something that I just, I mean, I saw a breakup, like a really dramatic. Oh my God, breakup. I yeah. saw one the other night. Yeah. It was so entertaining. Yeah. Um, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a Panera. This was in DC, actually. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Eating yeah. your words that New York is more interesting people watching <laughs> in DC. <laughs> um, I was in a Panera, which seems like an oddly good place to have a breakup. I don't know. Like, yeah, if, I would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the broccoli cheddar will get you through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone can break up with me in a Panera. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> They seemed like they were going to end on pretty okay terms. I couldn't hear every single word uttered. Rachel, you witnessed a breakup in Italy recently? 
did. Yeah. Did, how did um, you know it was a breakup? <laughs> great question. Friday night, um, went out to dinner and then with some friends, and then we went to a, a cafe and we were just getting some like dessert and, and uh, drinks and stuff. And two two of my friends were like against the wall so they could look across the restaurant. And then the rest of us were all kind of facing in towards our table, um, like a circular table. And so, you know, we ordered and we were like just in conversation and stuff. And then one of the guys that was like against the wall with a good view across the restaurant was just like all of a sudden, like, dude, I think that guy's getting jumped right now. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> and like, not the like this like group of five or six people, none of us had had any, any like awareness of what was going on back there at all. But this guy was like paying very close attention. And he finally like decided it was worth <laughs> pointing out to all of us. Like after he gathered some information and decided indeed, yes, it's like, Dude, I think this guy's getting dope right now. And we like turn around and I'm, I'm a horrible person, but um, this guy just <laughs> was like completely just like staring, you know, like completely downcast, just staring, which maybe he was drunk or something. Maybe, I don't know, but it definitely felt like he was getting broken up with. And the girl was talking a lot. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a little bit later, like she gets up and like comes over and hugs him and was like, you know, kissing him on the cheek, like hugging him. And he just like, is still like staring. So um, they did walk off together, but like the body language strongly suggested to me that the guy was getting broken up with. Yeah. That's brutal that you don't know the details though. Cause to witness a breakup is, I would, I want to hear every word they say. I need to know it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, besides any, any type of language barrier, they were like, they were, like the table wasn't like right next to ours. Sure, yeah. So that would have been very obvious if you we were like going <laughs> to make an effort to listen in. Um, well, good for your like, friend who is listening. I, I know. Yeah. Of him. <laughs> yeah. He just picked right up on it. And I, I appreciate that. Like he had clearly been contemplating it for a moment and yeah. then decided it was newsworthy, worth sharing with the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he kind of like it filtered it out was. for us. Um, yep. So that like by the time I looked over, it was, very Obvious, very yeah. entertaining yeah um, i hope they're both doing fine you know i hope they're they're doing all right going the right direction and i don't mean to laugh at somebody else's pain but in the moment i enjoyed watching it so yeah from your perspective i went on a date this a second date this week that it's not going anywhere but um <laughs> we went to dinner at like a restaurant and it's a pretty busy restaurant and the table next to us was just really close next to us. And the whole time on this day, I was jealous of that table for their eavesdropping potential. <laughs> They're getting some gold. <laughs> I was telling this to my friends because I was like, I wanted them. It was a table of like four girls. And I honestly don't think they were really eavesdropping on us. They were pretty into their own conversation. And so they they were wasting the, <laughs> yeah. the space Guys, that they had. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was well, like telling my friends last night, I was like, I, I was jealous of them, first of all, to be like witnessing a date in that, that closely and that like new of a date, but also like, I wanted to like debrief with them, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. They, you know, <laughs> my friend was like, oh my God, we should do that. Like we should offer that as a service. Like we should go on <laughs> dates with them, sit next to them and then debrief with them later. Like he got so serious. I'm actually very surprised. I never witnessed a breakup while running a coffee shop. <laughs> I saw so many first dates. Time commitment. Yeah. 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 I saw I I saw so many first dates. 
Um, it's because everybody breaks up over text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, not true. Not like, but I'm, I'm guessing but... one of the many reasons I'm excited. I'm about to start bartending. I think I'm probably going to have a higher likelihood. Maybe not higher because you'd think it would happen in a coffee shop. But um, I think I'll probably see some breakups. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, or just like drunk drama in general. Like yeah. there'll be a period yeah. where it's really entertaining for you and then you're going to have to clean it up and it's going to be less funny. But well, like- I'll see a lot of like one night breakups, you know, like where it's like, yeah. oh, we're done. And then, you know, they get back together later. Yeah. But to me, they'll always be broken up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want you I want you to see like an Ann Perkins, Leslie Nope level fight Aww. between friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like yeah. super drama fight between drunk friends <laughs> where oh, you like, you I'm know so that excited. they're going to like sober up tomorrow and be fine. Be but fine. like in that drunk personality that they are, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's just like this yeah. super dramatic fight that you get to witness <laughs> from behind the I'm bar. So excited. I'm so yeah, excited. Like, they seem to have really coherent arguments and they're just like not <laughs> saying words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they understand each other. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, John, we're definitely going to have to have you back on after you've gotten some more bartending experience. Yeah. You can tell us. We can do like a bartender's eavesdropping. It's so stuff. great because it's like, it's like, I'm so excited to be like, uh, have one of those jobs where people ask you about your stories. The problem is like with like nurses, like our big one, you know, like uh, first responders, that kind of stuff. Like they always have great stories, but there's that underlying sort of, oh, should I really be laughing at this? You know, like when someone tells you, a, you know, if it's a funny yeah. poop story, that's one thing. But it's like, if it's <laughs> something that's like, oh, that person, I don't know if they're alive anymore. Sure. Get that ping. Doesn't happen with with bartending stories. It's all it's I all hope light-hearted you don't hear your words on that one. But so yeah, far. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a situation in which people are like choosing to just go to have a fun night. Yeah. The stakes are yeah. different. They're acting silly. I think hopefully you're correct. About that. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been a bartender. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so I assume then you've done a lot of like practice and really gotten ready for, for the bartender. So job. much practice. That's so awesome. much. So I knew for the last three months or so that I wanted to get back in the restaurant industry. And at this point I had done every job except for bartending. And I wanted, you know, like a challenge and to say that I've done every job in a restaurant, you know, um, but also I just, I think I was looking for, you know, a new way to be creative. So I realized, okay, I want to, I want to bartend and I figured I should probably learn how to bartend. So I bought up a bunch of equipment and started doing the, my favorite thing in the world, educating myself on YouTube. And um, <laughs> I just started making more drinks and more drinks and learning technique and all that kind of stuff. I get in for my first stage, which is, it's a restaurant term for like when you go and give them free labor for a day to see if they like you. And uh, so I was, I was at my first stage at a place in DC and um, I realized, oh, I am way overprepared. Like there were, their questions were like, do you know what an old fashioned is? And, you know, I thought they were going to be like, where did Angostura bitters originate? And I would have had the answer, right? Like I had, I had way, 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 way. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just cause like, I mean, like it's, it's one thing like, and I'm not to knock anybody who does anything. I've endless respect for everybody in the restaurant world, but like there's like bartending and then there's like mixology. And yeah. I was, I was of the mind that I really wanted to get more into that, like sort of mixology and a cocktail. Yeah cocktail place all that kind of stuff yeah yeah (laughs) i haven't watched it yet but i saw that there's a mixology competition show on that i i i I started it yeah (laughs) okay well let me know if it's worth my time because i do love me a good competition show and (laughs) yeah nearing the end of my current bake-off season so (laughs) (laughs) 
it's it's gonna be a jolt from Bake Off because <laughs> you go back to American and it's just like 14 out of 10 personalities. Everyone is yelling constantly and everyone has to have the loudest personality. The drinks and the the recipes are really cool. Watch it on mute with subtitles and it'll be cool. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, John, I have a bartender interview question for you. Yeah. What is chartreuse? It is a liqueur. It's green. And <laughs> no, I just it's I didn't know you know. <laughs> um <laughs> I and it's there's no substitutes for it. If a recipe oh. calls for chartreuse, you use chartreuse. That's interesting. In what so far is what I've learned. The only reason I even know it's a word in bartending is because my friend overheard some bartenders um, gossiping about the previous shift of bartenders at that same bar. And they were like, she's a bartender and she doesn't even know what chartreuse is. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm not a bartender. So maybe I shouldn't be embarrassed. And then I got a drink a few weeks ago with chartreuse in it, but I couldn't tell you what it, I mean, I'll say the chartreuse tasted like. Yeah. I have yet to make a drink with chartreuse in it. Cool. Well, the one I have is really good, so I'll send it to you. (laughs) Yeah, please. Um, John, other questions related to you being a listener of this show. (laughs) Okay. I think every podcast, there's like that meme of like the person sitting in front of a poster of like two women laughing and then she's laughing with them. It's like, this is what listening to a podcast is like, um, like any podcast, you always feel like you're in the room with them and they're your friends, especially when you listen lots of times. But then this podcast is literally your sisters that it's weird to hear our voices in a podcast and not just on the phone with you or in the room with you. So like- what has, what is that experience? Like, are there things that you find yourself, like, is there a theme of things that you specifically wish you would, could chime in on sometimes, or is it just kind of, Oh, chime in? Or? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and like you said, like, that's like, uh, I mean, you get it sometimes with listening to like the popular podcasts. That's why those podcasts are good. It's because you want to chime in, especially when they say something that like applies to you. Right. But it's a whole nother level. And it's been kind of a fever dream. Like, <laughs> because like, I listen to so many podcasts and audiobooks, and then I drive so much that it, there's just this instant association that I have with like hearing you in my car. Um, I instantly, <laughs> you're famous. Like you're just you. Ha- you should be. I mean, like, I feel doing- that way, but it- <laughs> <laughs> you need to be doing like Hello Fresh and me on the ads and stuff. Like <laughs> it's that instant association that I have. Uh, when I got back from like to Denver after Christmas, the first time I saw my friend Henry, who had been listening to the podcast, but I hadn't seen him in person since the episodes had started dropping. The first time I saw him, he was like, it just acting a tiny bit weird. He was like, this is like <laughs> surreal right now that you're in the room. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's like the first feeling that I get anytime I'm listening. Cause I think I have yet to listen outside of my car. So you're just in that bubble of you're famous, but I definitely feel like it's to the point where like, I'll almost like say something out loud because I'm just in the conversation. (laughs) um, Can you think of any specific examples of times that we've said something that you wish you could have like changed the direction of the conversation or you felt like we got to a weird place that if you had chimed in, it would have like been better. (laughs) No, definitely not been better. Uh, it's more that sort of arrogant feeling of like, um, <laughs> I, I would think that I had something to add to the conversation, 
So like when you were talking about like the pizza and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, I really want to ask Rachel about like the specific <laughs> regions and like which one she's. Ex- what was the excited. moisture content of the mozzarella? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how much did you hydrate the? Like what temperature was the water when they added the yeast, and how long did it take to bloom? Like you know. Um, I'm sure she so, would have like, known all the answers. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really it's usually like food related stuff where I'm like, oh, I want to say a fact or something like that. <laughs> Just that very sort of like main character, like you know. <laughs> They need to hear what I have to say right now. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say this is a good question, Sarah. And I like yeah. what I want is like one of the times that we ask this question of a sibling, I want them to be like, yes, like you totally misremembered this. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I brought I thought of this question because people have texted me before where it's like, I know that I, that like all of our close friends and family who have been listening have been having this like experience of, I joked when we were starting, like when we had started recording, but hadn't started releasing and I was really excited to release. I was like, I'm so excited to just like have a parasocial relationship with all my social relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes people text me things that like are, are related to what we've talked about on episodes. And I'm like, oh yeah, that would have been good if we had said that or whatever. So <laughs> I just have this feeling that people are sitting there like annoyed sometimes with what we do and don't say. But like, that's also the kind of thing that's going to exist. For yeah, that's forever. how podcasts work always. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel and I did that thing a few episodes ago. I don't know if you've listened to that one, John, but where, oh, when I had my flat tire, did you listen to that episode? Mm-mm, not yet. Okay. So we had an experience where we remembered, we had a memory that we like remembered differently and we like basically broke it down and discussed like the differences between, can you think of anything? We don't have to go too deep or too long if there's something that's a good question, but can you think of anything that you think we might remember differently from our childhood or anything in the past? Oh, that's a good question. It might be good to like bring up like something specific. So like, yeah. Is there like, um, it it would definitely remember an event of some sort yeah you would have been you would have been like 10 or 11 but okay um when we were in the Poconos and Uh we were jumping off the waterfall yes what I want to hear what you what you remember about jumping off the waterfall first of all thank you for reminding me that that was in fact in the Poconos because I like every time I'm off to a great yeah exactly already the details are different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you think it was Massanutten? Is that what you're going to say? I don't think I thought it was Massanutten, but I couldn't, I just, I couldn't place it. This is a okay. three-way memory thing because I don't know what <laughs> you're getting at, Rachel, and I might not remember it either. Um, yeah, so this is probably like, this one probably is a good one because I was physically so much smaller and that was a huge part of it. Was how <laughs> physically... We were really young. Yeah. <laughs> um i probably would have been the og beijing olympics yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah so i think josh had jumped off first i think that sounds right to me as well okay (laughs) yeah maybe this is where i i have a hard time remembering who jumped off first i wanted to say it was john but maybe that was just like the sheer fearlessness with which john just like (laughs) yeah yeah So yes and no, it could have been me first. Um, I remember someone had jumped off, which is what gave me the courage. You know, like you see someone doing your official line, I'm going to do it. But I had jumped off of a lower ledge. Um, Uh, Okay, yeah. yeah, I remember there being the two ledges, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I had jumped off of the lower ledge. It's (laughs) the thing (laughs) that's just in my head right now was crocodiles. 
I was so <laughs> thought there might there be was crocodiles. A crocodile. Yeah. Because like no one could prove to me there weren't. There were people who had jumped in and come Nobody out. Nobody could so prove least... there wasn't a shark in there either. And right. you had no yeah, idea exactly. where you were, you know? You, know? you, you could have yeah, been exactly. you know, in the Everglades um, or wherever. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not, I knew I wasn't going to jump in and, you know, like break my legs on a rock because I had just watched someone jump in and be fine. So, but trying to when you're trying to talk yourself out of something every single possibility comes into your head and i'm like it's a crocodile <laughs> the crocodile is going to want me specifically i'm going to jump in and he's going to that's probably that. true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, definitely crocodiles is what i remember most and then i remember like i was like i wasn't i was never a good swimmer but i like could get from point a to point b and stuff and i thought i was a great swimmer but I remember getting in and like forgetting how to swim and like being like, all right. Yeah, just being scared when you got down there. Yeah, exactly. This is how it happens. I think I'm making all of this up just because it's a really funny image. But like the way I'm picturing it is like dad checked out how deep it was, came up, said like, okay, it's okay. And then John just flying through. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Immediately That's after. That sounds right. Because I, I definitely had some speed. I had, I was <laughs> like the, the ferocity with oh which God. I ran it most That's things. exactly what happened. You're so <laughs> right. Like he made me want to be a dad. <laughs> how, how quickly he came down. <laughs> yep. This is so similar to the image that came into my mind of John skiing and like <laughs> pizza <laughs> feet who's she, nobody <laughs> that i do remember i wasn't even like going down that ski slope i wasn't even like scared i should have been um but i was just like really should have been i mean i feel like i picture it with the ending of like you running into a bunch of barrels or something no i ran into a fence i ran into those orange fences that they had around like the shrubbery and stuff um i i plowed into it um and i was just like how fast can i go I don't think I was trying to hit the fence because you remember that that slope. I think it was called like Geronimo. It sort of yeah, blended Geronimo into... had the nice and nice slope on the top. Yeah, yeah, and but then it blended into one of those other ones, like Southern Comfort. Or something. The the bunny lane, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go as fast as I can, and then I'm gonna you know slow down down at the bottom and cruise in and um, you know, <laughs> practice slowing down or interested in learning how. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just remember being at the top and being like, I'm gonna go faster than anyone has ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. oh my gosh, um, yeah, those are similar pictures in my mind. Yeah. Okay, what do you guys remember is the name for that girl who like spent like two hours saying that she was gonna jump and then never jumped? Oh Alexis? Maybe I'm just projecting the Alexis on because I, I remember I was her gonna being, guess like, Emily. I was about to say Emily, actually. Okay. But I, I don't I, know if that's correct. It just, it was, I mean, in I feel okay being name. overruled on Alexis, but <laughs> Alexis would have been a good name for her, but I don't know if that was, I think name. that's more where I'm coming from with it. But yeah, sorry. She just uh, seems like an Alexis. What, what Rachel's talking about is that during that experience of jumping off that cliff, it was like uh, the, all the older ones in our family, which like older is a loose term because John was like <laughs> 10. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So we were all pretty young, but it was like the older ones of us were going to jump off this cliff. And it was like, there had been people before us doing it too. And then there were yeah. people who were like also up there around the time we were up there, I think. And it included this like girl who was with like 
I don't know. There were a couple other people with her. It was like maybe her dad. I remember. Like a child with her dad and her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she wasn't that young. She was older than both of us for sure. I think she was probably. I guess this is 28 year old Rachel calling her a child. But yeah, she was like. <laughs> really... I'm like, no, she wasn't a kid. She's, she was I, I thought she was, a... <laughs> she was like I, old I remember and cool. She was really <laughs> she old. Was, yeah, she was a teenager for sure. Like an older teenager. Um, And she was just like. It just started with her being like, ah, I don't know. I'm a little scared. And we were like, yeah, of course, like everyone's scared. But then she would not, it was, it must have lasted 10 hours. <laughs> I don't even it know. Felt it felt like so it. Long. It was kid time. So who knows how <laughs> yeah. long it actually was. But it was just <laughs> like, she just kept, it was like, oh my God, it's not a personality trait to be nervous about this jump. Like move on. She was so, it got John's so annoying. like elbowing her out of the way. Just <laughs> yeah. <being impressed. laughs> and she was kind of blocking us from doing it. That's why we would have noticed her cared. Cause it like, we had to be polite and wait, but then she wasn't going and it was just such a thing. And like the people that were with her got so annoyed with her too. It was definitely not just us. I'm yeah, I remember it was her, her friends were about to push her off. Yeah, which like I think we were kind of rooting for that, which is pretty mean. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was a fun game. I'm glad that uh, you thought of that example, Rachel, because I didn't remember that. But the second you described that image, I'm like positive it happened that way. That well, I have to ask like, mom and dad. Yeah, it felt like core memory enough, or at least something that like we would all have a distinct version of. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. It's hilarious that John would have gone first, but that does sound reasonable. I think so. I had spent it's it's kind of halfway because I definitely had compromised. I think dad probably would have actually let me jump from the top. I don't think it was dad that was telling me not to, but I had compromised after having hung out on the top with Alexis, Emily and everyone else up there. I was like, I need to go for the the lower ledge and then the lower ledge people are saying like, this is scary up here yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so the lower ledge i think it was getting down to the lower edge from that upper cliff where i was like all right i can i can just you know, full <laughs> swim around the crocs yep yep got it <laughs> um okay well we've definitely gone pretty long so rach and i i think we'll just kind of revisit our like our own updates in the next episode probably but john do you have any questions for us any questions for rachel's time in italy my time in denver <laughs> before we uh, uh well definitely having traveled exponentially more in the past two years than i have the rest of my life i feel like that's been a huge factor in how i'm seeing the world going forward I guess I would wonder for the both of you guys, because you guys have traveled way more than I have, what has been something that has impacted you the most or in a way that you didn't think it would about just getting out and seeing more of the world traveling and it's something literal or something more like with me where it's like, I'm just like a happier person and I feel like I'm better equipped to live in the world. You want to go first there? <laughs> sure. I, I do have an answer. I think that the biggest thing that comes to mind and I've like, reflected on this a bit more in the past couple of years since I like traveled internationally a lot and then haven't since COVID. Um, yeah. So I've been like thinking about like what I liked about it or what I like, you know, yeah, just like kind of why. Oh, I wait. Yeah. So and much. to be clear, when I say I've traveled exponentially more in the past two years, I had a job where I traveled a lot. I was not taking joy rides and vacations during <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're talking more about like post vaccine yeah, anyway yeah, but yeah, um yeah, yeah. anyway yeah so the biggest thing for me has been that nothing is ever exactly as you expect it to be and that is like in good and bad ways honestly like or i don't think anything's objectively good or bad in the way that i mean it right now but 
like looking at pictures or watching videos of places will just never do the same thing as going somewhere. And I've done different levels of prepping for a trip, planning for a trip, looking things up as much as possible. And it's just, I don't know if it's possible for expectations to be exactly met. And I think that that's so beautiful. Like it almost sounds like a negative thing because sometimes you have a way more glamorized version of a place and then you get there and like think, you know, there there's like trash in the streets or things aren't as like pretty as like in every corner as you expected them to be. But it's better than like the glamorized version yeah. because it's real and you get to like, I, there's just something so cool about that. There's no possible way to experience it without experiencing it. And yeah. it just makes things so worthwhile because I just think that like you learn so much by going places and you that you can't possibly learn without doing that. Um, and you experience so much. I mean, how could somebody describe food to you better than you eating a food? You know, like that kind of right. thing. Like there's there's just nothing like being there in real life. And I, I think that like reflecting on the like international version of that too, like how I was so focused on international travel and then I haven't been able to do it. And so that reflection of like, why is that so important to me? Like it makes me that much more excited to get back into international travel and to continue doing that. Like there, I'm not by any means in a place of like, I never want to go internationally again. Um, not at all, but I have had this renowned interest in seeing more of the United States and things closer to yeah. me because it still rings true for that. Like some cities or States have like bad reputations or people just say certain things or there's stereotypes and like, there's just no way that that's all there is to a place ever. So in both positive and negative ways, like every time I see a place in real life, it's so different from what I expect. And then I'm just like so much more understanding of like what a certain place is yeah. like because I've been there. So I just, I like, I just love that. And I think it's really cool that you can't do it without doing it. Yeah. And like kind of really well encapsulates like what I was trying to say earlier about like, and again, it, like I'm very lucky and very privileged to have been able to do all of this stuff. And for the people that are lucky enough to be able to go out and see places like it in a good way, demystifies yeah. the way we build things up in our heads. And it, in the positive spin on that is that you then realize how similar we really all are. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, no, those are really good points. I would say one of the most important things for me personally is getting an understanding, <clears throat> granted through a lens, right? And with a very certain perspective that people are willing to share with you, but getting an understanding of how the rest of the world sees our country. That's something that's yeah. important to me, both just to know that, but also just to get an understanding of maybe some of the impressions we have about our own country and maybe some of the things that we could learn from others. And I think the, yeah. the United States sometimes has this idea of like, if it's, if it's not, and if it's not something that originated in the U S then it's not right. And I think sometimes just hearing what other people have to say specifically about our country can, can be a really enlightening conversation to have. And that's something that's important to me. Um, but yeah. In terms of just traveling in general, especially in the more stressful years, right? Because I, by my job, I was, I was abroad during 2020 and a lot going on around the world, but in particular, a lot going on in the States and a lot of negative negativity in general. I think going abroad helps me to remember a little bit of what you were saying, John, just like the things that we have in common and how the similarities of just humans in general but it kind of like reinforces my, my idea that like everybody is good, right? People in general are on average going to be good or have good intentions. Like I've had so many people in various countries that just like genuinely are helpful 
and I'm not contributing a lot. Like I don't speak your language. I'm just here at, you know, trying to get you to give me something. And like, just like the patients is even just like not a transactional relationship, but just like giving me instructions, making, making sure I'm not lost, but they're not like getting something from me really. Um, those kind of moments really help me stay positive about like the world and humanity and even like our own society. Like just remembering, like, like you're saying, like even places where there are stereotypes you have about like how, you know, abrasive those people might be or whether or not they're friendly. And like, it's certainly true that there are some societies that like tend to, to come across as more respectful than others. Like that's just how some people are versus others. And while those differences sometimes have a truth to them, you will find helpful people everywhere and people who want to give energy and get good energy in return. Um, yeah. And I think that's important to keep in mind, especially with like a couple, a couple of really hard years that we've all had, you know? Yeah. That's a really yeah. good way to put it. Cool. All right. I think that's probably about it. <laughs> I do have, I do have a more literal booted story. Oh, <laughs> all right. Times you've been booted this as week. John, as, let's yeah. go. Um, <laughs> so I was in a bachelor party weekend. I was at a bachelor party weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. And, um, we, it was, this was night two of three, usually kind of like the wildest night. And in that case, definitely the wildest night. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, pregame the bars, then go out to the bars. I think this was our third bar of the night. Uh, and it was a really fun place. And it, there was just, there was this ledge that people were all like standing on and dancing and all that kind of stuff. And I just made it my sole goal to get up and get on that ledge. Like I was not going to be denied the ledge. I had to fight through a sea of people. <laughs> other competitors it was a game of king of the hill i ended up getting on on the ledge um i'm just like i'm i'm just a very vibey like i just love to dance when i'm drunk like <laughs> there's no there's there's zero part of me that's harmful but my friends that i was with uh slightly rowdier not harmful towards anybody but just rowdy you know just annoying <laughs> and uh my friend that my friends had known that it was i was just trying to get on the ledge so bad by the time i finally got up there my one friend got so excited that I got up to the ledge that he just goes, yeah, John, and throws his shirt off and just winds it around like that typical sort of just like stereotypical dude in the frat party, like, woohoo. And uh, those, those very good bouncers, they're, they're very efficient. They came over. And what I do respect about the situation is that he immediately, my friend immediately admitted defeat. He was like, yeah, no, this is happening. Yeah, this- <laughs> This, this no, is the correct. Yeah, yeah. I was about to yeah. say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just go out the way I came, I came in. in. <laughs> yep. That's exactly how it went. So, kind of like Sarah's booted story for the theater. It wasn't me <laughs> that was getting kicked out. There were people on that ledge all night. No one had a problem with me being on the ledge. But you know, in uh, <laughs> in staunch support of my friend who was in the wrong. Yeah. Gotta get booted <laughs> with the friends. <laughs> Also, they were paying for the Ubers and I did not feel like paying yeah. for an Uber. So you just like, right. to be on a ledge alone. Without your yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Oh, cool. That's a good booted story. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us, John. This was really fun to have you yeah, on this is a good to one. hear about your uh, booted sister stories. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Woo-hoo. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I always have in the back of my mind that I can like lay it all out there and then it's Sarah's problem after we hit that report. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Love, love I'm not to hear it. Thank you. 